from the top? Yeah, from the top. All right, in three, two. I'm walking away from the troubles in my life. I'm walking away. Yeah, We're walking yeah. away. We're walking away here on the Tahi. Keep singing, keep singing, keep singing. Find a better 18th day. Thursday, May. So my Lord Evie. We're rocking with you for the next, I don't know. And we're, we're keeping it fresh and continuous, I baby. can't remember the rest of the lyrics. It's all right. That's singing. totally Craig fine. Craig David, though. Hell hey, yeah. we are nine days, 15 hours, 47 minutes and 17 seconds away from the Samoan language week. Which means I have that much time to learn Samoan. I'm going to teach you swear words. Yeah, I really. Well, honestly, it's like, it's a, it's a... It's like a birthright for every Samoan to teach one Balangi person a swear word. Yeah, but just, like, I, I, I know one. I won't say it. Now nah, say it. Yes! yes! That's, <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a staple. Everyone's going to know My friend that Maddie one. says that all the time. It sounds like the word cafe, but just sped up a little bit with some different cadence. Um, coming up on the show today, we've got an interview with Fable joining us on the show to call it all about his latest uh, single, uh, Popstar Manix, with covering everything from tattoos to chocolate fundraisers, as well as COVID-19 memes. But right now, I want to make a very particular special shout-out to editing TikToks. Behind the scenes, you don't know how much work goes into editing these TikToks. And I'm going to be honest with you right now, it's not a lot, and that's the fun of it. <laughs> it's it's really not fun. there's okay. There's lots of work put into it, but if it is not the word I'd use to describe that work, I loved the right one yesterday. Yeah, I spent ages photoshopping. Well, not sh- photoshopping. I guess animating. I'm an animator now, animating Ray's head onto um, Dave Dobbin's body, and like it cracked <laughs> me up. I was like, I was working from home yesterday afternoon, and I was just doing it there. It mm. was fun, a time of my life. It cracked me up. Doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hard work has gone into this, but if it is not the word I'd use to describe mm, it, mm, mm, nor mm. talent. But that's okay. That's not, you know, we weren't, you know, I didn't do a Photoshop class. I'm not anything. trained in that. I got a diploma uh, in radio broadcasting. Exactly. You know? I almost blew up my laptop trying to edit that TikTok <laughs> of Mr. Beast. I heard my laptop just. We don't have like, the best laptops. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I had a ton of fun editing that Mr. Beast TikTok. I, I was just something about putting a photo of Mr. Beast on a Samoan flag background. Yeah, that was crack up. That's still my favourite one. The best thing. And playing Simpson on the background. I was just like, I get paid to do this? (laughs) Woo! That is absolutely astounding. Not 500k though. I didn't get paid 500,000 to make make that meme, bro. I did that one for free. Maybe not free, but I, don't you know, know. I had a ton of fun doing it. I genuinely, like, editing our TikToks has been so much fun. Every now and then, like, so um, uh, Liam on our team does a lot of the really good... When you see a TikTok and it's, like, high mm. quality, that's Liam. When you see a TikTok and you think, what was that? That was me or Evie. Yeah, that 100%. was one of us. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, got, I've got, I will say how you track uh, Ray's face onto Dave Dobbin was quite special. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Um, I worked really hard. How? Just be honest. Just full fluidity and clarity. How long did you spend on that? Like an hour. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew you spent like an hour on that. That's so good. Anyway, if you want to check out more of our amazing TikToks, we are on TikTok. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. Stay up to date. And make sure you stay tuned because up next we're talking music where the money comes from. Uh, in case you missed it, The Detail published a really cool article the other day about music where the money comes from. Um, this was put together by co-host of The Detail, Tom Kitchen. Um, it is in celebration of New Zealand Music Month. They take a look, closer look at how local musicians are actually paying the bills. Mm, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, paying the bills is probably not the word. If you know a musician, like, I think the thing is here in New Zealand, 
the music scene isn't as big as it is in the states and things like that so how much money you can make is sort of limited yeah um and i think with the introduction of streamings and things like that your revenue income is so limited to the few certain things that actually make money if you know uh uh, up and coming musician they're not too far off making the type of money that some of our bigger musicians actually make but uh the article covered a ton of stuff from a, an artist from a, a range of genres um tell us a bit more evie so they chatted to mel parsons hmm. who was talking about how she wanted to stay independent she didn't want to sign to a big label and so she started her own label which is just like herself to put her music out but she said like most of her time is spent doing business admin mm. not making music and then it's the touring where you're making that money mm. it's like just live shows mm. and then you make like a little bit of streaming and record sales whereas like back in the day pre-streaming back back in the day i'm like 2000 yeah 10 um, years ago it was like you'd make more of your money from record sales mm. it would make up more like 30 percent of what you're making whereas now it's like 10 and you sort of like get royalties and everything of your show is on like of your show your song is on a tv show or like in a movie you get a little bit of royalties but it's like it's just whatever money you make from a tour man and that sounds like a roller coaster to oh, be honest it's such a night especially too like i know i know how difficult covid19 was for oh a lot God, of musicians because yeah. i i actually only know maybe a handful of musicians that do music actually full-time. Like, mm. they don't have a day job, they just do music, and they struggled during COVID-19. But I, a lot of guys I know, and I even, like, even some of the OGs of the hip-hop scene, pioneers of the sound that we hear today, they're working day jobs. Yeah, man. Because music doesn't pay the bills. It's like, like each year they get a couple good chicks that are, like, really nice and go a long way, but, like, it's not enough to just live off. I mean, some of them do make enough money where they probably could live off it, but it's nothing fancy. You kind of need that day job to supplement actually, like, having some quality of life. And it's a real shame because, like, I genuinely believe the talent that we have here in Aotearoa rivals some of that overseas. Oh, and if sure. a lot of these artists here, if we had the market like America does, mm. man, because those artists in the States make so much money off of touring alone. Like, Well, because there's more places you can go, yeah. right? Like in New Zealand, if you're only touring New Zealand, like, at a certain point, we're running out of towns, you know? At a certain point, you've been everywhere. Yeah. It doesn't take long. No. So it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, the th my biggest takeaway from the article was like, well, we got to be going to these live shows. we got to yeah. be buying these tickets. Man, live shows are so important to supporting your local artists. Uh, merch is probably the second, but I don't know a lot of artists that actually do a lot of merch. You know what? I'm going to get into merch, actually. I'm going to get into it right now. I love merch. I understand that it's a lot to put together, your merch. I'm totally, um, I'm with you on that. But, like, if I have to go to one more show and go up to the merch table trying to give you money and buy your stuff because I love your music and I have to stand here in front of everyone and be told, oh, nothing comes in your size. We only go up to a small. I'm going to pop my top because it's embarrassing every time. It's mean. It's also just like large is not a massive ask. And like, mm. I know it's a lot to put your merch together. I know you've got to pay for it and then so I get that. But also like, <laughs> why are you going to make me feel bad too? So like, why are you going to bring me into it? I really like two different i think there should be there should always be two different types of merch there should be band merch that you can get year round online mm. but i really like those concert exclusive band merch yeah like they only sell that at the table and you can't get it online and things like that but i do appreciate an artist like poetic who is at the like night markets 
Wednesday, Thursday, yes. Friday, Saturday, all type of morning markets selling his poetic uh, hoodies, t-shirts, and his 685 stuff. Because that's an artist who I love their music and I can support their stuff. And also their like clothing is like almost larger than the music itself in its own ways because mm. it is the staple of like being a Southsider. So I think, yeah, if you can support your local artist, like do it. That's how you do it. You go out, you go to their live shows, you buy their merch. Streaming and all that is great, but it's like a couple, like it's like zero zero seven cents yeah. per like thousand streams on a lot of platforms. And yeah, it's like not. That. It's not a good. It's not a. Yeah. So if you actually, if you have an artist that you really love, you really appreciate their music, if you can afford to, go out, support their live music, buy some merch. It goes a long way. It feeds people's families, man. Also, make a shirt in my size. All right. (laughs) Amen. If you want to check out that article, it's on the RNZ website, Music Where the Money Comes From, by Tom Kitchen, co-host of The Detail. Speaking of music, coming up next on the show right now, live on Zoom in the flesh, we have uh, the incredible genre-blending uh, futurist musician from the south side of Okilangi, Tamiki Makoto's Papakura, the Deep South, as I like to call it, Fable. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Ace. Yoda, thanks for having me. I have been really wanting to see an interview up with you for years now. Like, I've seen your music and your name pop up in so many <laughs> different places. I think I seen um, on Adam Tukiti's last album, he said, I need a hit, I should be fucking with Fable. Yeah. Uh, I heard that and I was like, that's the sign. I need to get in touch with you. Like, I'm really great reaching out. It's, it's, um, it's a real honor to have you on the show. And I think uh, before we sort of get into talking about some of the music, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. So you're a, a Southside Maori born and raised? Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Um, pretty much born and bred and grew up in Papakura, a lot of strong roots to to South Auckland, and I'm a very Kurahat fella. So yeah. that's far south to me, G. I'm I'm, I'm Papa Toy Toy Otara. I'm like Papakura is that's far. If I have to go past Rewa, I'm like that's the dirty south there. G. Yeah, it's a uh, North Hamilton, almost there. Yeah, <laughs> so um, you've you've been doing music for a number of years. I think I've been seeing a lot of your releases over like the last maybe five years or so. But how long have you been doing music? How did you sort of get into it? Um, I I got into music pretty young, like just kind of mucking around with um my friends at high school. Really, like went to like a Maori Pacifica like boarding house, and one of the bros there uh who i've made heaps of music with there we had like a cracked fl studio on one of the laptops had like a singstar mic <laughs> like you know like we were definitely making do with what we had but the bro would be like would make a plan like he would say he's sick and then like just make beats all day and then i'd like write and like kind of write to it or come up with some stuff and then after school we would kind of yeah just lace it together and kind of that's how we kind of started making making music um and then from there kind of just always had a like an interest in music and the arts scene and like the creative space I got introduced into the local scene essentially like I didn't even realize that New Zealand had like a local scene I was yeah we were very much into like real weird alternative sounds growing up so and there was nothing really like that for us that we could see yeah let's let's talk about your sound because I think I think we use it a lot we throw around the word unique but your music is distinctively unique and I think that as much as I hate this sort of question and that is (laughs) who are your influences 
I think when I listen to your music, I genuinely am curious. Like, who are some of the musical influences behind sort of the sound you've adopted? Mm, yeah, it's a yeah, that's a good question. It's definitely evolved over time, I think. But um, I've always, like I was saying, we always loved alternative, different music, uh, things that were just real different, like out the gate. I started making music around the like young, lean, underground kind of like. Who else was it? Like Sesh Hollywood Boys, like um, Xavier Wolf, uh, Denzel, like Curry, like before he kind of blew up. Um, like a lot of like the underground kind of uh, pro era, Joey, Joey Badass and like um, Capital Steez. Um, That was kind of my entry into like alternative or just something different. And then from there, I kind of just developed like an obsession with people doing their own thing like people that weren't didn't fit the mold with their music or just were really like you're saying unique so um at the moment it's kind of like a lot of um the bits are like a big inspiration for me big influence unknown mortal orchestra bakar i've been thrashing a lot bakar's amazing steve lacy's new project is amazing it's interesting because i think like you know I, we talk about it all the time Bosfika and maori we often get looped into hip-hop and r&b or reggae and gospel right like those mm. are sort of the 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 genres we get lumped into and i think a lot of the artists that you're naming here sort of stand in those sort of more obscure subgenres of those or they are in completely different genres themselves and mm. i think that really speaks to sort of the sound you create because it is it's unique in like a really special way and it's something that i don't think i've seen come out of the Pasifika and Māori community before and at least not done to the quality that you've achieved with your music and it's something that I really appreciate I mean you've got artists who I consider to be some of the best in the scene really championing you um the likes of Adam Tukiri and Dead Forest Church and AP I mean um you really are a phenomenal musician in this lane of your own that you're really creating and I want to talk about the single that you've sent me Popstar and Mannix <laughs> For people who don't know, for people who aren't from South Auckland, what is Mannix? <laughs> um, <laughs> so Mannix is just Manuko for anyone that doesn't know what, what that is. It's the mall, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mannix it's is Manuko Westfield. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much I what... couldn't stop laughing when I seen the song title I was like Gee, I don't know if I've, I've heard someone use that in a long time bro it's <laughs> honestly a, yeah, like, a... and it was kind of funny because I'd gone over to Amsterdam for this music thing and we had like a we had like a kind of listening party kind of like oh not party but like session where we uh, got to share some of the music yeah everyone's like asking me what's what's manix <laughs> so i was having to like try to explain it which was crack up nah, i love 100%. it man i'm really enjoying this record of yours um it drops tomorrow but tell me a bit more about what pop star manix is sort of about if you're from there if you're from that area or even if just in from tamaki as well it's almost like a juxtaposition you know like we you would not normally associate like pop stars coming from Southside, coming from like manix um mm. and and so like for me i wanted to kind of shine a light on that and like say that we you know we do have these kinds of influences or we can have pop stars coming from these areas and we do have pop stars coming from these areas but it's kind of just in different ways like our pop star status or you know for our self our what we put a lot of 
emphasis on is you know community and like community values like families so I kind of wanted to make that apparent in the song and um, just say that we kind of do it a little bit differently but we do have our own kind of people rocking it and killing it and pop star status I, I guess but yeah that's kind of the the gist of the song message I guess no nah, it's a it's a special record I think it sounds amazing and again I'm using that word unique um, I think that it's a a real incredible showcase of your talent and I, I can't wait for everyone else to hear it. So that single, uh, it's available tomorrow on all streaming services. We're adding it to the Tahi stream. Make sure you check it out. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Fable. I really appreciate your time, Ace. No worries. Thanks for having me. Again, that was Fable, an incredible talent coming out of Southside. His latest single, Popstar Mannix, is available on all streaming platforms tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. Did I show you my new tattoo? No, you didn't. Yeah, when, was that when that, you were I, um, at an appointment the other no, day? No, no. Like, <laughs> Harry, I was at an appointment. This was from the weekend. Yeah. Ooh. I got a new one. Shout out to him. He's the man. That's awesome. Yeah. Harry said it looks like a Goomba, and I said, that's racist. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I don't have any tattoos. I know. I find that so strange because, like, yeah. you look like a person, and like, just knowing you too, you're like exactly the type of person that would go and get tattoos. Well, it's like I—I I mean, I was saying this to someone on the weekend, and they were like, "That's so off-brand of you." And like, people are so shocked when I like reveal that I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any piercings. Like, I don't even have my ears pierced. Like nothing. Really? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I had like just keep getting allergic every time I try to get their oh, pierced, true. and I was like, "If that, I'll just wear clip-ons." Like I don't care. Amen. Um, Amen. But yeah, no, no tattoos. And I, like people always like, like, "Why? Why don't you have any tattoos?" And I'm like, "Look, at the end of the day, here's why I don't have tattoos. The tattoo that I want is an Avenged Sevenfold skull bat tramp stamp. And like God, unfortunately, cursed me with self-awareness." So it's like, don't do that. Like, I know that it's bad. And everything that I'm into is so lame. Like, everything I like is so lame that it's like, if I got the tattoos, it would just make it so much worse. Like, I have Mm. to defend myself all day, every day anyway. I'm like, I like emo music and anime and Deftones. And I talk about Lord of the Rings all day, every day. There's my tattoo. No one's going to like me. You know, it's hard enough as it is. But um, I did meet a guy once who had an Avengers Sevenfold Skullbat tattoo. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And he was like, I hate it. I want to get rid of it. It's evil. Really? Everyone makes fun of me. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, the, the like being honest, the danger of getting like band tattoos, especially from the genres of music you enjoy. Oh, like, like, give it ten years, they'll come out as racist conservatives oh, or you have something. No idea. Like, yeah, it happens. Eh? It ha- like I've heard that. Like, I heard that. Like, one of the biggest issues like rock fans have had is like some of their favorite rock bands have like turned out to be like super racist, like Honestly, homophobic. Like when Kanye was like on his whole sort of Nazi thing, mm. people were really freaking out. Like us as metal fans were like, first time, first time, yeah, someone, first time, first time, someone like... who loved their music turned out to be a full on <laughs> Nazi. Yeah, a couple times. And there's also a lot of. Um, sort of me too stuff as well especially in the hardcore scene it's it's outrageously bad it's it's like genuinely like a like one of those things like you're making a when you get a tattoo of someone or something you're like making a statement that like you love this person and like you know you can't really take Mm. it back so it's like you always got to be careful i only have like two tattoos about people and both of those people come and gone in like the 1800s you know so i'm like i think we've found out all we're gonna find out about them i think i'm safe to get those tattoos if i though if i got the tattoos that i wanted at 16 Mm. i'm gonna be honest probably wouldn't be employed 
I mean... I think the first tattoos I wanted, I just wanted to get my entire hands done. Like, I was just like, I want to get every knuckle, every part of my... Like, I just want... I wanted to start on my hands, which, like, is, like, a weird thing, because usually, you like, hands last. Job stoppers. Yeah. That would, like... I'm really grateful I didn't. I don't think you should be unemployable because of tattoos, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, but, like, the climate we live in, and also in entertainment... Yeah. (laughs) I mean... If I got the tattoos I wanted at 16, it's the same tattoos I want now. An Avenged oh, Sevenfold okay. Skull Bat tramp stamp. And I can't imagine that Avenged Sevenfold haven't been cancelled at some point or another. <laughs> like, I, they must, they're from, like, yeah, they must have been. Like, so, uh, and also, like, a Lord of the Rings tattoo. I'm like, telling you, all of these tattoos ideas actually sound sick. Oh, my God, thank you. Literally the first person who has ever said that to me in my life. because well, tattoos are, like, like, my thing is, like, I don't, like... People judge everyone's tattoos all the time, and I'm like, well, they're not for you, are they? Yeah, like, like who cares? Yeah. Like, uh, like I get tattoos because I think they look cool. God mm. forbid if somebody else likes them, I don't care. Like, genuinely, I do not care, and I don't think anyone should. Like, if you get tattoos, cool. Get tattoos that you like. You're the one who has to look at them every day. If you like them, cool. If not, like, yeah. It's like people being like, explain the meaning behind your tattoo. Like, you... some of my friends got just stupid <clears throat> shit. They're like, it's funny. It's a slug on a stripper pole. It's mm. crack up. It's on my arm. So, I like, like it. I'm like, like yeah. as, a, as a Samoan coming from where, like, you know, tato and tattooing was, like, very much founded in the Pacific and things like that, um, I've always, like, when I was younger, I really was adamant that you should, every tattoo should have a meaning. Mm. And then I met my best friend, Chris, from London. And none of Chris's tattoos mean diddly squat straight up i was like what do they mean he goes they mean nothing i just think they look cool and you know when he said it to me i was like i kind of respect that because like it's not traditional tattooing so doesn't matter if it doesn't mean anything Mm. like you know like maybe like it is okay that they don't mean anything i think that there's tattoos in this world like to me and the better and things like that they mean something you can't take that away but there's also no harm in having tattoos that you just look at and you go, yeah, that's sick. Or that's funny. Like, that's totally cool. Yeah. I like, mean, now you're convincing me that I should, should get, get the Avengers Sevenfold Skull Bat Tramp 100%. Stamp. And I should get my ears pierced. Yeah, get your ears pierced. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of our childhood, um, genuine question. Selling chocolates for school fundraisers. Mm-hmm. I believe there's two types of people in this world. Kids who could and kids who couldn't. Mm-hmm. Could you? What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I was a yeah. killer at selling little chocolates out in Night Eye. I was so good at it. Like, <laughs> you see me knocking on that door. I'm making a sale. Like, mm. I was good at it. And, like, I would just look so sad to these people. I'm, like, on the knocking the door, like, hi, like, could you please buy my chocolate? And they're, like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'll come to school, and I'll be, like, I'll sell more than you. I sold more than you. You're stupid. You're Jared. stupid. You're nothing. Like, I did it. We're going on camp because of me. Like, very that. I'm an awful winner. You're an awful person. No, just a bad yes, winner. I'm a you good can't, person. I was a kid who couldn't. Aww. And I remember there was always that one godforsaken child. It, like, school assembly would come and they'd be like, hey, congratulations to Claudia who sold 12 boxes of chocolate. And I'd be like, who is this child selling to? 100% that child did not sell those boxes. I, I I choose not to believe that she did. I never sold right? twelve. Like that would be, but that's a bit much. I sold like I think I sold eight one year, and that was the most in my class. Who, if you sold that much chocolate, you definitely grew up to be like head boy or something like that. You know, I was student rep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, see, yeah. like it was. Um, I just wasn't good. At, see, like 
I had a Samoan dad who was like, you're not going to talk to strangers. Like, I wasn't yeah. allowed to trick or treat. You think I was going to be allowed to, like, go and, like, knock on random people's doors and be like, hey. So my dad will be like, look, you have to do it. I'll take it to my work and leave it at the office and see if anyone would buy them. And usually, like, like things would go all right. And then maybe, like, I think one time I got really upset that I didn't sell any because I wanted to win. And then my dad, well, I did sell, but I didn't sell out the box. Um, and my dad bought the rest of them. I was very grateful for that. I'll always remember that, dad. I appreciate you. But I could just never, I just never could. I, like, just genuinely was not allowed to pretty much go and sell them. So whenever I saw that kid who, like, sold heaps, and I was just like, God damn you. Do you know what I'm thinking about now? Like, the fact that my parents just let me walk around by myself in Nine-Eye in the dark, and I'm, like, seven. Yeah. So, like, that's actually, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, like, right? Yeah, like, I, you shouldn't have let me do that. Like, in hindsight, 2020, you know, like, I see my dad, and I'm like, yeah, that was probably the right call. I'm I like, think I was oh, allowed, I was allowed to go to two of my neighbors, and that was because my parents knew them. You know, like, my the house to my immediate left and the house to my immediate right. And one of them was an old couple who were like, didn't have any children because they didn't want children. They yeah. hated children. They were not buying my chocolate. They were also Swiss, so they'd see them like, Katri, mm-mm. Like, <laughs> no. You know, like, no, 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 no. And then my other neighbors were just like, yeah, they buy like one or two. I appreciate the peas. I love and appreciate you. Yeah, genuinely, I feel like you could or you couldn't. And I want to know if you are. I want to check a poll up on the Tahi Instagram. Mm. Were you a kid that could? Were you a kid that couldn't? I want to know what you ended up doing if you were a kid that could as well. Are you a salesman now? Are you doing a Dane Rumble thing selling them watches? Like, what's going on? How are you making your money? <laughs> Did Dane Rumble sell a lot of chocolate in primary school? I feel like that would be a really, yeah. I'm yeah. going to ask him someday. This feels like a great question to start asking celebrities. <laughs> yeah, it does, hey? I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, in the news, possibly the greatest story... I've heard all week. Yeah. It is so funny. The uh, <laughs> uh, former police commissioner Mike Bush approved a 500k contract for COVID-19 memes for the police. <laughs> they, they, they contracted an advertising agency um, <laughs> to help them make memes in the fight against COVID-19. So you like you remember like when we were all in lockdown and things like that, um, a lot of like government agencies, or in particular, um, the New Zealand police, were really trying to get messaging across to people like, "Hey, stay home, don't go out, don't surf, don't cycle, stay at home, save lives." Mm. Right? They, that was the that was the really key messaging: stay home, stay lives, uh, stay, stay, stay. Finish that word for me. Stay at home, save lives. Amen. Um, that was like the really key messaging, and these memes were sort of like helping them get across some of that. Um, this I don't was... know if people have seen the memes, but... There's a couple that you wouldn't recognise, but there's a handful there that I was like, oh boy. One of them, my favourite one, like my absolute favourite one, and like, please go look at these memes. One of them is just a cartoon cat, and it just has text over it that just says, stay home, save lives. There was another one that's just a picture of a mountain with yes. text over it. Stay home, save lives. They paid these people 500k, this agency, and they uh, also did meme stuff for the Liberal Party of Australia. And the, apparently the, the guy who paid them hand-selected these people. He was like, I've seen their work overseas, really good stuff. Let me get them in here. Thank you for this picture of a cartoon cat. Thank you for the stock image with text on it. But the thing is, like, I think memes were probably... It's probably a good idea, right? To be like, hey, you get memes, make us some memes to get this messaging out. We need mm. people to understand. 
but is a picture of a mountain with stay home save lives is that the is that did that particular is image that get through to anyone worth $500,000 you know what i mean like i feel like some of the like i don't know i feel like a lot of the people i heard of breaking lockdown like orders we're older people that probably don't look at memes. Well, I think so. They were trying to make sort of the like Facebook mum memes. I think that was uh, sort of the aim. You know what? That would make sense because there was like one that said, um, "Don't be an egg this Easter. Stay home, save lives." And I was like, "That is such a dad thing." It's got a picture of some eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "That is such a dad joke." Um, one of my favorite ones though was like just like <laughs> it just cracked me up because it's like the headline of the article is like 500k for memes, and then this one is just like looks like it was made in paint. Yeah, it's a white background with black text, and it just says things that are banned this Easter weekend: traveling to your patch, driving to the beach, 5G tower burning, and going to see your friends. <laughs> I was like, who made this? Why are we bringing 5G towers into it? Like, like should no. we not be like yeah, like playing into that you know, joke? Like, I see the audience for that one though. Like, oh. I envision, I can see it with my waking eyes. Like, oh, yeah. I know I know the audience for that meme. Yeah. I just... Um, my cousins. <laughs> I just think that it's like, if someone gave me 500k for memes and I phoned it in to the extent that these guys phoned it in, mm. I just feel like someone would have called me out by now. Mm. You know, I feel like someone would have been like, screw this girl and her crap memes. I feel like... Do you remember there was that... um. I don't think I follow them anymore, but they were like lockdown memes. Yeah, lockdown memes. Yeah, the one from New Zealand. The, did you follow them? And they had the, the they they were the ones who contract did them. Yeah, the Cindy <laughs> would sign people. Yeah, like and they just put stuff on the sign that there's Cindy. There's so many. I like. There's so many people I Tavlova. think that like could have really like nailed this. Like, like I honestly like we were talking about it yesterday. I feel like if you just went to Reddit and was like, hey, the government wants you to make a bunch of memes to get people to stay home for COVID do it they would have done it for free and yeah they like would've... reddit would have done it just for the laughs i was sitting at home trapped in there doing absolutely nothing like i would have made some memes of the government asked me kindly i would have been like yeah what else am i up to make you mm. a good old meme girl but no they paid these random guys um uh 500... well not just random guys Sorry, we do I have keep, to clarify I, I'm being dismissive they are a them, uh, successful advertising agency but i think what we're trying to say here is Probably not the people we go to to make memes. Mm. You kind of want someone a little unhinged to make your memes. You need someone with like at least sort of almost one mental health issue, like ongoing, almost Amen. one. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Every time I try to keep coming up with like an interesting point, and I don't have one. I just think that cat meme the, like, specifically you know is what? so stupid. I could have just said the headline. That was enough for me. It's so <laughs> funny. It's just like 500k for memes is like ridiculous. So this may be your favourite uh, podcast, The Tahi, but Tahi as a whole, we have a couple other podcasts, including one we've mentioned before called Hair and Loathing, which is made by Charlotte Cook all about women's body hair and the crazy societal stuff around that. But the reason we're bringing it up is that Charlotte Cook, uh, RNZ's Rachel McAdams and queen of the microphone has just been announced as the new midday report host which is really awesome Putsy we're very happy for her because she was involved in tahi uh, really in the early days super supportive eh? yeah she's been awesome for yeah. us she's been great and she's let me on the radio once or twice to talk absolute crap Gotta love so that. uh look forward to more of that hopefully <laughs> um but shout outs to charlotte cook if you've never listened to midday report uh, maybe start now give it a go i don't know you might be into it you might learn something, get some news. And she's way better at that than I am. <laughs>
Uh, so as I may have mentioned a couple of times, I am very um, happily off the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of my friends are single, so I've been I've been helping them on their Tinder because it's fun for me. Like put it on the TV and let's like let's, on the TV. It's fun. I don't know. You get a glass of wine, you talk shit. But the thing is that's got to me that's sitting in my brain bouncing around my noggin is these people with the dumbest deal breakers i've ever seen and you know what one gets me Mm. people who are like if you like pineapple on pizza i'm not interested um who cares (laughs) who cares like if you like pineapple on your pizza cool i don't have to eat it i don't care pick Mm. it off throw it in the bin there up as courtney kardashian said kim there's people who are dying. You know, like, they're like, oh, if you put the toilet paper the wrong way around, it goes this way, not that way. That's a deal breaker for me. You know what my deal breaker is? Infidelity. Like, there are bigger things to worry about than, like, the toilet paper and pineapple on pizza. Like, I'm being really rude right now, but, like, get a personality. The worst thing you can be as a human being is boring. Hmm. Stop it. It's so lame. It's like every third person is like, oh, my gosh, no pineapple on pizza. Oh, my God, you're so different. I've never heard that one before. Never been mentioned to me. I'm getting quite mean-spirited You're now, very sassy, right? Yeah, I'm, like... getting, I'm getting like, I'm not into it. But it's just like, I just find it ridiculous. Mm. You know? Like, I have just, like, little likes and dislikes about things. Like, I, I don't know. I like my music very loud. But it's not like, if someone gets in my car and they don't like loud music, they aren't my friend anymore. Because I don't care. Like, mm. it doesn't matter. Who cares? Mm. I'm gonna throw over to you now because I'm getting I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot over here. I'm getting barred up. German, post that photo of you holding that fish. Don't let women tell you that that's not cool. That's <laughs> I get sick, dude. Like, hold that flipping 13 kilo snapper up, Jay. Like, bro, do it. Like, don't don't let anyone tell you it's not cool. All right. <laughs> I mean, Pop, apart from maybe me. <laughs> shh, shh. Don't hear it. The All thing right. with the fish photos though is like. I think that men maybe only get photos of themselves when they catch a fish. I don't think it's this thing of, like, every guy's like, show woman fish that I caught, she think I'm man and strong and can provide. It's more like they don't have any other photos. Yeah, that's true. The last photo I ever took was uh, 2008 when I caught a trout. (laughs) That was the last photo I ever I ever took. Actually, the only photos my dad has of me, like, around the house are from when, like, I was hunting or fishing. Like, those are the only photos my dad has of me. Like, it's like, everything else Here's I've done boy. in my life is unsubstantial. Like, graduating, getting into radio, getting onto time. Like, none of that's substantial to my dad. He was just like, yeah, that time my son hit that deer in the face. You know, like, there's like, that's it. My dad's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that was my son. <laughs> there he is. There he is. That's the son I was proud of. <laughs> like, Maybe it's this thing of, like, guys putting their fish photo on to, like, show their dad. Like, like hey, dad, you proud of me? I got 40 matches with this one, and we caught that fish together. Is yeah. it that? I love a dumb red flag, you know? They're just, they're great. Do you, like, there's got to, I'm sure there's some great dumb red flags out there. Just, like, just weird things that just kind of tick you. I want to have a bigger conversation about this, actually. Like we'll, X. Yeah, I, we're running out of time, but we'll make, I think next week I want to talk more about, like, just dumb x silly red flags that you have we'll get into that next week i think right now though we got to get into wrapping up the show 
I've been watching Succession. Have you heard it? Like, everyone's talking about it. Yeah, I've got a whole... So, here's the thing. Everyone's talking about Succession. I have not seen Succession. You haven't watched any shows recently. But I don't know how people watch all these shows. Like, I watched the first two episodes of Succession ages ago Mm. because I was trying to impress all our Gen X co-workers. I was, like, trying to make friends and they were going on about it. But it's like, I've my thought to myself, if I want to see a bunch of rich people arguing with each other and being real horrible, I'll turn the news on. But then I've heard it's really good. It's Are you really enjoying good. it? Uh, yeah. Like, and I, like, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't enjoy it by any means because I just don't like rich people like that. So, like, watching is like a little. But it's funny. It's good. It's a really good show so far. I'm also, like, admittedly, like, I, I just finished watching Yellowstone, like, five years late to that show. Just started watching Succession, like, four years late to mm. that show. I, But I think it's always a good time to come in at a show when they're, like, a couple seasons in. Because you don't, you can kind of just binge the whole like series. You don't, yeah, like it's like if you go back and watch The Sopranos, you have the whole catalog. You didn't have to wait each week and then like a year between. Like it's kind of a nice feeling. But Succession's really good. Like I like didn't really give it a chance because I was a bit like I don't really want to watch a show about rich people. But it's good. And um, uh, Kieran McCall. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's so funny. I heard it's, he's great in he's it as well. So good. Like I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I never. I feel like I'm always behind on like the big shows mm. because I'm just watching anime. <laughs> like you're watching Succession. I'm still watching Demon Slayer. If you'd like an update on what's happening in Demon Slayer, okay, here it is. Thanks for asking. I did it. Um, in Demon Slayer. Every episode does what it says on the tin. They slay a demon. A demon mm. is slayed. Did somebody say? slay these demons uh but my favorite thing about demon slayer is that it's a swords show everyone's got swords doing sword stuff recently the main character figured out how to make a demon on fire blood sword very cool but now there's a guy who's got a gun he just showed up with a gun and everyone's like what and i've had this running bit for years in anime about being like haha what if naruto had a gun or like you know like that's been my bit forever and obviously it never happens and then i had this bit about demon slayer i'm like how would be funny tanjiro had a gun then this guy just shows up with a gun and i was like let's go let's do it and there's always stuff with the dad you know in anime like right now we're finding out about the main guy's dad is like a crazy sword guy or possibly a demon i zoned out i'm sorry yeah no and that's fair anime is just (laughs) You like always you have so many animes you're watching, you're always like, Man, like this is what about Vikings. Yeah, Vinland Saga, like, you remember. Yeah, I don't care though. No, that one's sick. There's violence, there's blood, there's also dad stuff, because oh, it's you anime. You're trying to sell me on anime, but I'm just like I don't know. No, nah, you there's some anime that you would like, you should watch Chainsaw Man. I stand by that you would like Chainsaw Man. The last Man. animated thing that I enjoyed was uh Avatar the last Avenger. Yeah, that was dope. Like that's 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 about as far as I got. Like maybe Bojack Horseman. Bojack's awesome, but very sad. Very sad. Um, very sad. Very <laughs> upset. That show has made me just like upset multiple times. Like sad for days. Yeah. Um. Uh, hey, we gotta. Um. We 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 really are gonna have to wrap things up. As much as I am thoroughly enjoying Evie's conversation about anime. Slay. Slay. Demon slay. Um, demons. Coming up on the show next week on Tuesday, we know a few things we're going to be chatting to you about. Uh, some of those dumb red flags you have, some of those silly X, as we would call them, um, as well as we're catching up with the team from T-Tail Takeover to talk about their incredible fundraising efforts that they're putting forward uh, for schools. Uh, anything else we're going to be talking about? Uh, yeah, but I can't remember right now. Neither can I. It's going to be cool, though. That's next week's Sultan of problem, all right? Until we see you, then we say, so far, so far, and... See you next Tuesday. Amen.